This is the day of the show, Oh, my God. The show that celebrates the actors and filmmakers we love and the gays and theys who love them even more. I love that slogan. It's pretty good. That's a great slogan. We we just came up with it. About five minutes ago. (laughs) It's nice and fresh. It is hot out of the oven. And this is our first episode, so Mm -hmm. a lot of what we're doing is going to be nice and fresh and out of the oven. Yeah, absolutely. Rough and tumble. Exactly. That's that's the joy of this. You know, you're really getting a a bird's eye view on the creative process. Behind the scenes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's it's almost a documentary, what we're doing here. (laughs) Yes. You know? Yes. Um, In case you um, aren't our parents and or our close friends that are listening to this. My parents won't be listening. That's true. That's true. That's presumptuous. Um, my name is David Kahawaii and I'm here with... And I'm Billy Reese. Yes, yes. And we are the hosts of this brand new podcast. Brand we stand her. We're very, very excited to be kicking off with a legend, someone we love. A lot, a lot, a lot. And we'll get into her in a second. We'll get into her. Oh. Oh, it's that kind of podcast. <laughs> I think so. Wow. I, we're still figuring it out, remember? Yeah. <laughs> um, Billy, what is what is the podcast for you? What is... <laughs> this podcast or just podcasting this podcast. in general? This one. This, this one. podcast... What's it about? Well, this podcast is uh, sort of a celebration, as we have said in our, mm-hmm. our slogan, um, of... Act- I think we started talking about actresses, yeah. but we don't anticipate this necessarily... Uh, only being actresses, but that's where we're going to start. Essentially, uh, entertainers who are gay icons in their own way, you know? That does not mean that they have to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community. If they are bonus points, you know? (laughs) We'll get to those. Exactly, exactly. Um, But we really want to, you know, we love our gay icons. We love our camp icons. We Mm -hmm. love, you know... um, Folks like that, and and we really wanted a place to sort of talk about them and why they uh, are so gay icon-ish. Yes. You know? Is that the, the scientific term? I think it is, yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, and you know, I think with some of these people, they have these tremendous bodies of work. Mm. Some will have more, some will have less. Um, for example, the one we have today has been in the biz over 30 years. Mm. Um, but maybe... If you're just a normal person who isn't, you know, film obsessed, like Billy and I here, you may not have been able to see some of these films or really even know where to find them. So right. it, in some ways, this is also meant to sort of be a package, a present to you, our listeners, to go and discover these artists for yourself and um, maybe push yourself and see things that you maybe wouldn't get to otherwise. Exactly. Through the lens of someone that you're probably already recognized, but... It's, I think, obviously we want to get to the Nicole Kidmans, the Kate Blanchettes, all down the line, but I think right now a lot of the people we're going to do are going to be those kinds of people like, I love her, but what is she from again? Or I I know who that is, but I can only name maybe one or two things that she's done, Um, just so we can, yeah. I think Introduce things. Yeah, that's the the gift of like a good character actor or actress Mm. is like, you don't necessarily go to the film or to the you know project for them, but like mm-hmm. when you see them on screen, you feel sort of taken care of as an audience totally. member. You feel safe. Yeah. And I think with a lot of these folks that we were talking about, it's like you know that they are going to turn in, if not a great performance, a consistent performance that mm. sort of establishes uh, the tone and just sort of the um, the the vocabulary of what you're watching. Yeah. You know, hundred yeah. percent. Especially when you're like the person we're talking about today, dealing with 
all different types of genres. I mean, the types of movies we're going to be talking about today are going are just all over the map. Right, and right. Not not everyone has that necessarily, but a lot of the people that I think the queer community tend to love have that quality. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I was about to say something so stupid about being an outsider. <laughs> Say it, say it. Okay, I will, fine. Um, You know, I think we tend to identify with these women that are in the industry a lot of the times. Or people who, you know, obviously the queer community loves their genre. They love films that lend themselves to absurdity. Mm. And um, a lot of the people we're going to be talking about fill that Mm. niche, I think. Do you hear that Pulitzer? uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pulitzer. Mr. Pulitzer. Is there a Mr. Pulitzer? Well, in Newsies there is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways, this is the Newsies podcast. Uh, Welcome. We were talking about... Each and every twink who has ever been (laughs) Newsies. Jeremy Jordan. We'll start there. Um, Anyways, we keep alluding to the person. Oh my god. And there's no possible way our audience knows yet. Oh my god, there's no possible (laughs) way. Even though it's in the title of the episode. (laughs) We could start out the letters in her that's name, so maybe. Oh, you know? that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just P yeah, and then... P and... <laughs> <laughs> Finally, an episode about Patty Page. It would be oh so. It would, make, it would make people finding our podcast so easy, Absolutely. so accessible. It'd be great. Absolutely. Anyways, today on We Stand Here, we're talking about none other than the indie queen herself, Parker Posey. Should mm. we have said that together? Yeah. Yeah. Parker, Parker Posey. Posey, yes, yes. yes. Parquet Marie Posey. <laughs> is her full her oh, birth gosh. name. We're starting well. <laughs> um, yes, Parker Posey, who is, like I said, the queen of any cinema, especially through the late 90s and early 2000s, which is where a lot of the movies that we're going to be talking about today come from. She's still doing it. Still doing it. She was in one of the biggest... Well, maybe not biggest. One of the most anticipated movies of the year. <laughs> biggest as in longest. Longest movies. for sure, yes. yes. Bo is Afraid um, had a spectacular scene in that film. Um, as well as, she was in this The Staircase, which I haven't watched. I haven't watched it either, but yeah. I hear she was fabulous. Yeah, I really want to watch that. Of course, that. with her yes. enemy, as we will get into, Miss Toni Collette. <laughs> yes. And that's starting with yes. this. We haven't seen it. <laughs> we actually we don't know who Parker Posey is. Who is she? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it just picks her book up off the, uh, yes, exactly. the sidewalk and so, says, yeah, she'll do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. She looks She's fine. got a book. She must be good. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh my God. Um, okay, so we want to start with just giving you a little bit of background. Yeah, her. this is a new segment. Yes, as, as all, all of them. Thing on as the show. Yep. Um, called, uh, well, we don't have a name for it. <laughs> BioQuiz. BioQuiz. BioQuiz is the name of this segment on our Google Doc. So yes. I think we're going to see if that sticks. <laughs> we're going we're to stick with that. This is BioQuiz. And again, we are so open. Please submit any yes. titles for any of the segments. Yeah, rate, review. Yes, like and subscribe. Um, Play at double speed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to do this game where... I, so I'm fresh off of reading much of Parker Posey's fantastic memoir... You're on an airplane, which if you like Parker Posey or want to learn more about her after listening to this amazing podcast episode that you're about that you're listening to right now, um, I highly recommend. So hold I that, hold that book close to the mic so they can hear you actually have the book. Yeah. Do you want to crinkle those pages? Yeah. This is not gonna this go is, well. This, <laughs> this is gonna. Wait, sound it's terrible. a hardcover. It's a hardcover. <laughs> it's a real book, y'all. Yeah, it's a real book. I bought a real book. Can you believe? <laughs> I haven't done that in years. Um, 
As he holds my copy of the book, right. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> to be clear. Um, it's a fabulous book. But because I've been reading it, I'm, I'm very fresh mm. on her um, early life story. Yeah. Let's say early life. Early career. Early, early career. life. Yeah, early... all those things. So Billy has got her Wikipedia up in front of him. Mm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am going to just kind of go through what I know. Mm-hmm. And, and Billy's going to correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. And at the end... Hopefully, add maybe a few things that I yeah. missed. It'd be fun as I'm editing this if, um, as you get things wrong, I play like a Parker Posey clip. I'll play her in Dazed and Confused. Oh, going, yes. You little sluts! <laughs> <laughs> you little slut, girls! You little freshman slut! Yes. See this that. backstage process uh, that we're getting. Yes, it's, it's all a peek behind the curtain. Mm. Um, okay, so let's get started. So, Parker Posey, mm. I, I'm already wrong on the year. <laughs> I Give actually have no year. idea. Give me the year. 1965? Close. You're close. Okay. It's the right decade. Okay. It's the right decade. It's a little bit later. Eight. Yes. 1968. 1968. She yes. was born in 1968. She's a twin. She is a... She, yes. <laughs> she has a twin. I see that in the early life <laughs> yes. on Wikipedia. She has a twin. Um, platonic. Well, not platonic. Well, platonic. <laughs> They're just friends. Oh, There's God. nothing going on there. What uh, is the word again? Uh, identical? No, the other oh, time. Oh, uh, uh, fraternal. 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 Okay. <laughs> Not platonic. Fraternal. <laughs> I don't know. This is gonna be a science <laughs> right, quiz. Right, 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 right. Um, she has a fraternal twin. She was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, her father was in the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. I believe, drafted, and I can't say much about her mother at this time. Her mother. <laughs> her mother, Linda. Linda. Okay. Was a chef. Oh, actually, I I read this in the book, or maybe I heard it on her Mark Maron episode. Yes, she that is her big thing. She's a big home cook. Mm. They relocate to Louisiana, outside of Nola. Yeah. Um. When the I don't know if the war was over, but the fighting was over. Oh God! Now we're getting geopolitical. <laughs> um. Moved to Louisiana, where she grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. Um. Until, yeah, I, I guess until she was 18 and went to college eventually. Mm-hmm. Other little details that I know. Um, Catholic. Yes. Super duper Catholic. That is the last line of her early life. Oh, okay. Because, and like most Catholics, that is where early life ends. <laughs> um, and if that's the last line, then I guess. Mm-hmm. The other thing I can say is she went to, yeah, she went to Sutton Purchase. Yes. State school. State school, Come yes. On. A great theater conservatory. Great theater program. Um, and I, but she didn't finish. I believe she only did three and a half years, and then she got the soap opera um, As the World Turns, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, which she did for a few years. But that that's the background, y'all. I think I did pretty well. That's, yeah, Posey was born. <laughs> I'm going to read the early life. Yeah. Posey was born November 8th, 1968, ding, 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 in Baltimore, Maryland, to Linda, a chef, and Chris Posey. It says he was an owner of a car dealership. Oh, right. It actually doesn't say much about the war on her Wikipedia, but, you know, the real fans know. Um, It's in the book. Yep. Uh, (laughs) She's a twin brother, Christopher. Christopher. Don't know what he does. No. After Posey's birth, her family lived in Monroe, Louisiana for 11 years. Mm -hmm. They later moved to Laurel, Mississippi, where her mother worked as a chef and a culinary instructor for the Viking Range Corporation in Greenwood, and her father operated a car dealership. Posey. There's a Cadillac. I do know that. Oh, really? I think. Oh, my God. They talk a lot about Cadillacs in the book. Oh, my God. Oh, that's yeah. so Dreamgirls coded. Yeah. My yeah, God. I yes. Got me yeah. a Cadillac car. Um, Posey, get this. 
was raised Catholic. <laughs> Thank you. That is Parker and Posey. And Thank you. Oh my gosh, we made it through our first segment. <laughs> yes. really? I'm so proud of us. I'm really proud. Mr. Pulitzer. Really I know. Get him on the line. <laughs> um, Billy. Yes. Can you remember your first time where you saw Parker posing in something and really recognized her, um, recognized what she does, how she's so different and mm. unique from other actors? Well, this is going to get me canceled probably early on in this podcast, but it was her arc on the TV show Louie, yeah. um, which when I was in high school, I watched uh, that show a bunch. You've seen the whole thing? The whole thing. How dare um, you? I know, I know. You have I to know. scrub that. I know. <laughs> We gotta take it to an institution. No, we're we're just gonna we're gonna beep out the uh, <laughs> beep out the name of the show right, yeah. with uh, with Parker Posey yes. saying "little slut." Little slut. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just loved her arc, and I was still kind of straight at the time, mm-hmm. you know. So I was like, "Oh my god, she's so gorgeous she and so, so she's so beautiful." So beautiful. And her weirdness mm-hmm. to like add to that beauty in a yeah. way that like I was into as like a straight little gay boy back yeah, then, of you course. know. Yeah. I think that was the thing. It's like I, it was probably my first time, like really recognizing like what a true character actress can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's in three episodes and goes on a couple dates with Louis. And there's this one amazing, like classic, like New York montage where they go to Russ and Daughters and like mm. eat herring together. Oh my gosh. And then she is no longer in the rest of the season. And are you, are you trying to avoid the spoiler? Spoiler. 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 But then they run into each other on a bus and she just dies in his arms and it's like the most devastating thing. I actually was watching that scene again uh, before you came over. I was like re-watching some of her short little scenes and as you buzzed it was right when her nose starts bleeding. (laughs) Yes. I was like oh god I needed something happier before this. But yeah yeah, so from there it was really through her that I got interested in the Christopher Guest movies, you know, um, and just became such a super fan um, after that. Yeah. And then never watched Louis again. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear. (laughs) Um, What about you, David? Yeah. It's interesting because Josie and the Pussycats was one of my favorite movies as a child, Mm. but I can genuinely say that when I watched it for the first time again this year of many viewings I've done this year, watched it a lot, The first time I was like, oh, I knew she was in this. This is part of the reason why I'm rewatching it in this moment. But like, so crazy that all I can remember from watching it as a kid was, you know, Rosario Dawson and right. um, Rachel Lee Cook and mm-hmm. Tara Reid and, and Alan Cumming. But I, I probably because when I, you're a kid, that performance is probably bonkers to witness because yes. you just have no, I, it's just so different. And especially as a child, you know, all of the, the irony and the camp, everything that she's doing, you it goes right over your head. So I did, yeah. that didn't stick with me. What did stick with me, I was a huge fan of The Big C. Mm. Um, and she has a maybe three episode arc mm. where Laura Linney's son is in like a child of parents with cancer. Mm. Um, focus group, or not focus group. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Focus group. Um, <laughs> Grief group. Um, and <laughs> they don't really have oh, gosh. groups. <laughs> um, and, you know, the joke is that I think he thinks there's going to be a lot of kids there um, his own age. And mm. then Parker Posey in her mid-30s is there. And she is very um, childlike, the mm. character. I mean, I think a lot of Parker's characters have that childlike quality, but the, the implication is that 
it's it's weird that she's there. And yeah. then the son starts hanging out with with her because I think he's she's like the only person who has been through what he is going through um, that he has in his life. So they mm. just have this connection, and then he starts bringing her around. And Laura Linney's like, "What are you doing?" You know, that's my Laura Linney. <laughs> really <laughs> impressive. Oh my God. Um, and yeah, she she really struck me then, and I actually went back and. Rewatched some of those episodes with my boyfriend recently because he also loves that show. Mm. And yeah, just her total, it's a really perfect role for her. Mm. Um, I don't know that she's able to play that childlike quality in a really natural way because I right. think that she brings a sense of play right. to everything she's doing. Mm. And everything always feels like a little, like almost dangerous. I love that idea you know? of the like childlike energy. I was, um, watching uh, a couple nights ago um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure um, which as uh, yes as we are recording this uh, Paul Rubens passed a couple days ago Um, and it really did get me thinking like oh my god like how amazing would it have been to have had Parker Posey and a Pee-wee Herman collaboration you know like that energy is so sort of it's you know they would complement each other so well you know where was that sitcom Ah. where was that sitcom Ah. my god man ugh Tell me, Leslie, have you ever been to Washington before? (coughs) No. Not even on a field trip? Not even on a fifth grade field trip? No, I mean my class went, but I didn't go. In fifth grade, really? Sixth, sixth grade. So you just snubbed it? You just snubbed your nation's capital? (laughs) My parents wouldn't let me go. What's their number? So we're gonna get started just talking about some of these movies, and the first thing we wanted to sort of talk about with her is this period in her career, late 90s into the early 2000s, where she really is dubbed, for better or for worse, which Mm. we'll discuss, Mm. um, indie darling, queen of indie cinema. Mm. She she starts doing As the World Turns, and while she's doing As the World Turns, she books Dazed and Confused, Mm -hmm. is, I believe, I just read that chapter yesterday. Oh, it's Um, fresh. Yes, it's fresh. Um, And so she's... At the time, they're filming Dazed and Confused, which it's funny because I rewatched it recently. She's not in very much of it. She only has that one really scene. Really, two. Yeah. She's, the, she's screaming at them, and mm. then there's a later scene where she comes up to them, and they're in like the. She's, Anthony Rapp mm. is with that freshman in the, right. in the truck bed, and she tries to get the, the freshman to like get on her knees or whatever. Got and it. she won't. And she's like, I'm going to make the next four years of your life. A living hell, something like that, and she walks away. It's I love great. you. I, you know, listeners might uh, take note that you moved closer to the mic I for did. that line. You know, yes. to really lean <laughs> the ASMR of that really uh, exactly. It, yeah. um, and she's flying back and forth between um, New York and Austin to to film this movie. Days and Confused is obviously a huge hit. Mm. Another funny little factoid from her book is um, she tried to get. Her agent decided Matthew McConaughey. Her agent said, nor. Whoa. Yeah, big mistake. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, my God. Big mistake. <laughs> big, huge. Huge, mm. huge. Um, and sort of everything takes off from there. Mm. Um, shortly after we get Party Girl, mm-hmm. we get The House of Yes. And then really around that time is when she also does um, Waiting for Guffman, which right. is her first Christopher Guest collaboration. And that obviously leads to many collaborations over the next 10 mm. years or even longer. But... Which of the, out of these films for you, Billy, which mm. of the ones do you think really establishes her for you? I think it's Party Girl. I mean, yeah. I, I, and I think that was probably the case for a lot of audiences. It feels so sort of like you're talking about that sort of like childlike, you know, yeah. wonder and anger and, you know, 
sass and entitlement yeah. and you know it's it's everything that she does sort of wrapped up into one yeah. and I mean it, it you sort of watch the movie and it feels like what you were watching is like a you know 25 year old toddler yeah you know and I think that is the energy that she brings to a lot of her roles is like yeah. this person sort of who is both so wise and so smart mm. also sort of discovering the world for mm. the first time yeah um, so I think it's obviously so funny her like so trying funny. to get the halal like is such a good just art and you know <laughs> the genie outfit yeah exactly play. exactly oh, yeah. and it's such a a quintessential New York movie and I think when I think of quintessential New York actresses I think of Parker Posey yes you know primarily because of that movie mm. she feels so sort of like inextricably tied to one that time period of like the club kids and yes. like you know you can almost like picture her like you know yeah. as a, a background character in Party Monster yeah absolutely um and yeah, I, I just think it's it's such a weird performance. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't feel As they like all are. right. Well, if, I mean, if that movie was made now, like you know, with a big studio, like they would get some you know boring person to come in and mm. play that role. You yes. know, not you know, a, just say it, Alicia Vikander. <laughs> Mod Apatow. Sorry. Sorry. Someone had to say it. She'd be great. She'd be great. Do the remake. She'd, That's funny. Great. She'd be fine. She'd be fine. She'd be fine. You know. Um, but yeah, just so unlike what leading ladies were doing at that time. Yeah. But. Absolutely. And that, I think, you know, she she talks a lot about how indie filmmaking has changed a lot because mm. I feel like the pipeline with indie filmmaking now is, it's sort of meant to be pitched to a streamer essentially mm -hmm. a lot of the time especially if it has some sort of a star attached to it and then obviously you have studios like a24 kind of they are independent but they're right. also completely reinventing how those types of films get made um and she talks a lot about how you know it reminds me a lot of the projects that you know maybe you and i have worked on mm. together or our friends have worked on together of just like shooting in a friend's basement yep. she, she said i think it was um what movie was that oh gosh we might have to edit while i search real quick mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh day trippers that's what it is sure she talked about how in day trippers i believe it was shot at the filmmaker's parents house yeah you know and this is a movie with Liev schreiber right no it feels you know. so handmade and yeah. so sort of um you can see the sweat and you can see the like love yeah. for, of what they're doing totally. you know it was also, I, according to Wikipedia, I was not around when this film came out. Okay. But it was, what, the first film that premiered exclusively online. Did something, you uh, No. Um, oh, Party Girl. Girl. Which oh. I didn't know. Yeah, wow, yeah. I didn't know that either. Um, and it's like, yeah, a movie that weird and that messy and that kind of like hashtag shoddily put together. Right. You know, like where else can you go at that time but like this new That's thing called the internet. Yeah. You know, and there is something that feels so sort of like... <laughs> ahead of the curve in yeah that, I know? mean yeah it's it's a fantastic movie I, I highly recommend uh, to anyone who hasn't seen it and yeah I think that New York narrative is is pretty big and and you see it throughout her career because she's mostly it's like she's not in a you know I'm sure she would do a Paul Thomas Anderson movie mm. but you know what I mean she's not really working with those like quintessential California directors right. I think that the people that appreciate her are New Yorkers exactly which is why she's you know Sorry, working with Louie. Or... Right, right, or Woody Allen. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> the laundry list. But she is, she's giving that, like, energy of, like, rent-control department. Yes, You know, 100%. like, that sort of, like, kooky, you know. She talks about how mm. this period of time, she's making all these movies that sort of have this pretty strong appreciation now mm -hmm. um, for no money. Right. 
you know, like living in Chelsea. And, and she talks about just kind of her whole life. She's because she is famous and well known because she right. is famous. I think that most people could place Would recognize the face her from something. Yeah. Um, from something because she's done so much and her career's been so long. But she talks a lot about how she's perceived as being this rich, famous person. And right. how she's actually like renting her house in the Catskills out when she's not there. Right. Because she can't afford to have two houses or apartments. And right. I'd like to think she's probably doing better now because she's been doing a lot more TV. That's fair, yeah. You know, Lost got in space that Lost in Space and, and, yeah. and The Staircase. But um, it was also so much easier to afford that back in the day, though, in that true. era of Manhattan. Yeah. I mean, the like, you know, that family wits, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, you could sort Come of on, be, you, you could sort of become a star, you know. So true. Yeah. Uh, just doing indies back then. Yeah. You know, afford to, to do that back then. Yeah. And I think that is sort of a character in the work that she is doing as well, you know? Yeah. But... And kind of along that line with just the indie cinema in general, many, many, many of her films mm. have even premiered at Sundance, which I feel like is such a... makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. and that kind of a festival feels like a correct home for her. Mm. We're talking about Party Girl premiered there, The House of Yes premiered there, Clock Watchers, Broken English, Personal Velocity, mm. um... Columbus, yes, that's the name of that one. Um, Price Check. Mm -hmm. A lot of these movies that she's done have have premiered there, and so I think that that just adds to her right. indie queen status. Well, Sundance you know is like I mean? the like indie festival, right? right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like Telluride and, and Sundance. Exactly. Yeah. Now that's making me just think about how great she would have been into Leslie. And, oh my and, God! Uh, she would have earned that Oscar nomination. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Leslie, my God. Another movie that I've mentioned already, but from this time, House of Yes. Mm. The House of Yes. It is... Featuring the great Tori Spelling. Oh, I mean... We're Talk talking, about Oscar snub. Yeah. High and low camp. Mm. Truly existing <laughs> at the same time, right? You've got Parker Posey and probably delivering one of, if not the best performance of her career in that mm. film. The specificity that she has in her energy in that film is not typical of her. Mm. And... If, for those of you who don't know, the the basic plot line is she plays a woman who is obsessed with Jackie O. She dresses like Jackie O. She walks around the house with that sort of energy. And she has a relationship with her brother, played by Josh Hamilton. Um, right? Josh Hamilton? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah. And they, yes, so incest, trigger mm. warning. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't like incest, mm. steer clear. This pod's not for you. <laughs> We're going to be talking about incest a lot, okay? <laughs> so you better strap in. <laughs> but um, one of the more interesting parts of the film is when they're about to, you know, have sex, they reenact JFK's shooting. Right. Which is so twisted and mm. insane. Um, but, yeah, I I recently watched this movie for the first time and was just mm. floored by yeah. her. Because I, you know, it, I wouldn't say that the movie is at the level that she's at. Like, right. it's not all the way around amazing but she is just so demented so twisted mm. she is like playing these tactics and objectives on all of these different characters with just real mm. focus and specificity and it really made me want to see her in a play which I have not seen yeah. in a play I, um, I've heard, heard I hear she's fabulous in right. plays um, and because that film is based on a play. Right? Yeah, it's based, it's yeah. based on an off-Broadway play, I believe. I don't know the play at all. Right. Um, I, I saw the movie when I was in high school and I was going through my like big Parker Posey phase. Um, I do have to rewatch it because it is sort of so... 
I it is so sort of tied to her soap roots. I feel like mm, you know. Yeah. I feel like the performance that she's giving oh, is sort yeah. of so Absolutely. that era of soap so opera. Big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So big and like you know intimate at the same time, yeah. and so play like. Mm. Um, and you know, Tori Spelling is giving and she's even also more. There. Exactly, and Tori Spelling and is also Prince there. Jr. As well. And Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, Jr. truly two of the my worst. God, that <laughs> I want the four of them in a Scooby Doo movie. That's. <laughs> what I need. And Parker Posey's Scooby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay, good. Just wanted to be clear. Um, probably if my favorite movie all the way around mm. from this time period from her is would be Clockwatches yeah. for sure. Um, I watch this movie a lot. Yeah. I mean, it does a lot for me because it starts three of my all-time faves. Mm. we got Lisa Kudrow and Tony Collette in this movie as well. And what is the fabulous name of the third girl um uh, the one from the brady bunch movie yeah uh great question alana you back mm. love you alana we i love it. You. She's f- re- you're really good in this movie the four of them it's like that is my you know carrie yeah. miranda samantha and charlotte oh it's, my gosh you know totally. yeah it the, the the chemistry in that film is amazing and i yeah. only watched this for the first time uh recently and Parker is giving, like, such a blistering, like, yeah. angry performance. Yeah. You know? Um, she really plays, like, bitchy. Yes. Yeah. She's sort of, that's a big part of her brand. Is mm-hmm. these sort yes. Of, you know, if you, if you think about Darla and, and Jason Confusion as well, yep. she she really figures out a way to play these kind of gnarly characters. Yes. Yep. Um, but make them likable. Exactly. Her charm. Exactly. Because this woman only complains. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> she is really, because the, the film, for those of you who haven't seen it, is about, it, it's about four temps at, I think I think it's called Global Credit, which is such a great name yes. for, for this film, because it's right. just so vague. They have no idea what they do there. They're like mm. stamping things, they're stapling things, um, you know, and it's, it's very, <laughs> a lot of people will sort of, it's, it's sort of the indie nine to five, right? I right. mean, like it doesn't have the whole scandal sure. and the kidnapping and all that, but right. it's that same sort of just women in the workplace in the nineties and breaking down that experience. And what the film does so well is is capturing the monotony, and, right. but not being overly boring. I love that first scene where it's Tony Collette just waiting for the job interview and she ends up waiting for hours. <laughs> and the woman's like, you've been here two hours. Why did you say anything? Right. And she says, like, well, I was told to sit here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Parker Posey's the one who shows her the ropes. Right. Um, walks her through the office, sort of tells her about the coffee and who to talk to and who not mm. to talk to and if you ever want to lose someone's file, just mm-hmm. misfile it. And you'll never be able to find it. And and some way, like the midpoint in the film, there's thefts start happening in the mm-hmm. hot office. And of course, everyone is pointing the finger at Parker because of her sort of rebellious nature. Mm. Um, and that that tension kind of brings the group apart a little bit, and mm-hmm. they're not able to maintain their their closeness. But it is such a fantastic film, and she. She just plays, you could just tell the, the, the like, she's a very clinical actor, I think. Mm. Like, when you listen to her talk about um, her process, she talks, she's definitely not the kind of actress who's just showing up right. and and is, they're giving, you know, their charm or whatever it is. Mm. She's definitely doing dream work and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And she, 
she talks about and really thinking of the backgrounds of these characters and, and getting super duper specific and I don't know what it is that happened to that character that hurt her but I feel the hurt mm. so vividly in her performance it's it's so much fun she totally is the especially out of these four actresses like somebody who you absolutely would want to show you around the ropes of the office anywhere she is giving like Parker. let me like please <laughs> show, me, show me around an office please anything. please I want her to do an AD tour. That's what I really Ooh. need. My God. <laughs> I just need her as a tour guide somewhere. Let she loves this. the Whitney, I think. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. Okay, amazing. I, I would, Parker, if you're listening, yeah. I will go Take her to the Whitney, Whitney tour. Please. <laughs> pay for your oh, ticket. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Clock Watchers, check it out. There's so many other great movies from this period, too. We can't talk about them all, mm. but um, things like Broken English, Personal Velocity, but, you know... All of her Hal Hartley films. Hal Hartley, of yes, of course. She's. This was really her era, and you know, I think that as indie cinemas changed, so did like that status. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if she because she wasn't really she's not really leading films anymore, right? The way that she used to, um, because unfortunately, I think that even with an indie film, you kind of need a star attached as the right. lead, right? Right. Um, exactly. And she, she, and she just ends up, I think, over time being put in that ensemble supporting position right. more often. Right. Well, I mean, I think a big part of that, too, is how Hollywood and the entertainment industry treats women of a certain age. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I think. She, she but you, but you are not really seeing, you know, the next generation of Parker Posey's pop up and, like, mm. nobody's sort of so leading strings of movies, you know? No. The last not time I can... Way. Right. The last time I can kind of think about that was, like, Amy Adams doing, you know, Junebug. Mm, like, yeah. just sort of star-is-born performances. Yeah. Those performances are not really allowed to happen anymore, yeah. you know? And if you do have a breakout in an indie, you go straight to a studio film mm-hmm. right away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you can have a career in, in indie films like she did, you no. know? Um, Maybe, like, Aubrey Plaza? Oh, yeah, that's actually a really good It's, it's yeah. from a different, like, angle, right? Because mm. she obviously came from TV. Right. But... And they both do have that kooky nature. Right. Um, but... But I always say Parks and Rec is sort of the as the world turns of the 2010, so... You know. I offered you say that. <laughs> I have it on t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> That's our first merch piece. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, as we move forward in time, yes. I, and I think the supporting actor role does suit her, obviously. Yeah. That's where the character roles typically live anyways. Right. Um but yeah, it's it's a really just completely fertile time. Totally. I don't know if I like that I said that. <laughs> um, it... Wow, on a podcast about women, nice, oh, David. Oh, sure. yeah, nice. Yeah, right. um, it's a it's it's a vibrant time for it's sure. A... Amen. <laughs> and you should really if, check out these movies. If not others, she's a queen. You're killing it. All right, we're going to move on to another segment. It's a game, actually. Is this a game? This is a game. Oh, my God. Play along at home. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, this game is called Haven't Seen It. Great name for a game. Great name for a game. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the board game of the ooh, mid-2000s, <laughs> Seen It. Which, did you play Seen It? Of course I did. I love Disney Seen It. Yeah. I would bring it in, of course, in my mom's minivan. We had the DVD player, mm. and it was a big uh, DVD player game back then. Oh, that is actually genius. Mm. I've never played it in it, but where, how did you manage the board? Well, it wasn't so much about the board as it was just about my knowledge. <laughs> got it, got I, it. I honestly think we probably like threw out the board and just kept okay. the DVD and got it. you know the cards. But yeah. 
it was I you wouldn't be able to do that in my house. No, my sister loves interesting. Rules, loves interesting. Rules. Yeah, no, she I be able to do that. I don't give a shit about the board. <laughs> <laughs> and neither were your parents. Exactly. Your exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I loved seeing it. Mm. It was just a great opportunity for me to just show my family up, you know, mm. over and over and over again, and, and always win. Definitely turned gay boys gay. Oh, you know? especially Disney scene. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, based on that game, haven't mm. seen it. <laughs> As much as we wish we could have watched every single Parker Posey film in existence before mm. recording this, that would have been more professional. But we were we didn't have time to do that. Um, and we've identified a couple of movies that the other or one one movie each that the other mm. has not seen, and we've come up with a little, little multiple choice question. Oh my god! Okay. okay. You want me to start? Yeah, please okay. start. Billy mm. haven't seen it. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're now. This is canon. Working on the gigs. <laughs> In 2007's Broken English, mm. directed by Zoe Casavetes, which absolute hunk mm. played Parker Posey's mohawk donning one night stand? Also an actor. The mm. character is an actor. Mm. A. Mm. Chris Pratt. Mm. B. Justin Theroux. C. Steve Martin. Mm. A hunk, depending on who you ask. Uh, well. And D. Denzel Washington. <laughs> What a collection. I want you to think along an art. <laughs> I always do. Especially when Steve Martin is uh, yes, yes. part of the equation. Um, what a collection of actors. Did you come to this group of men because they're all in the film? Or no. <laughs> just the hunks that came to mind? Just the first hunks. I'm going to go with, and it is merely because I just saw for the first time um, uh, at Metrograph, um, Mulholland Drive. Okay. Um, Justin Theroux. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, baby. Ah! Yes, uh, you nailed uh, it. Uh, uh, mm, oh, my God. I'd like to think the you Academy. Mm. Um, Let me know, guys, if you think my uh, my choice is a little <laughs> too easy, because now that I think about it, that's the only one that makes any what? sense. <laughs> I Well, I mean, there's a, again, there's a world where Steve Martin is a hunk. Yeah, Come you know, on. I think 2007, uh, yeah, he probably not Denzel Girl doing around uh, that. Yes. English in yeah, 2007, well, two Oscars. Maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, um, yeah maybe Steve Martin, maybe Chris Pratt. Um, I don't know about Chris Pratt, I don't know if he was a hunk. Oh, then. shoot. Yeah, I was thinking Chris Pine. <laughs> this is why it's called Oh, the I Sam changed Her. my guess. Was it Chris Pine? <laughs> it was Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Justin Theroux, it is, Broken English is a very, again, during this time, well, it's actually, I guess, near the end because it's more to, towards 2007. Mm. Um, Zoe Casavetes is the director, and um, it's just that very quintessential mid-2000s movie about a woman who's, you know, in her 30s, not married yet. Mm. And that's, that's the main sort of point in the movie. Mm. And she goes on this terrible date with Justin Theroux where he's a total douche, but mm. she sleeps with him on the first date, and she feels... Terrible, but then she meets a really hot French boy the next day. Steve Martin? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I.e. broken English. Okay, Billy, give me yours. All right. Well, speaking of canceled men, this is a... (laughs) Yes. Thank God. (laughs) This is a question about the 2006 film Superman Returns, directed Ah. by a one Brian Singer. Oh, Jesus. Um, Another one. And starring a one Kevin Spacey. (gasps) Um, uh... (laughs) He wasn't Superman, was he? No, but can you imagine? Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> um, in the 2006 film Superman Returns, in which Parker Posey plays Lex Luthor, who is Kevin Spacey, 
uh, Lex Luthor's uh, assistant, Kitty Kowalski. Oh my god. Lex Luthor tells Kitty that the MacGuffin, the Sunstone Crystal, is like a seed that only needs water. And what does Kitty Kowalski compare this seed to? Is it A, a sunflower? <laughs> B, This, this question is insane. How many supposed to get this? Let me finish. Sorry, yeah. B. B. A seahorse. <laughs> C. A sea monkey. And D. Steve Martin. <laughs> Just added that feeling. No, that was there. That was there. <laughs> that was there. <laughs> so A. Okay, I feel like the fact that you have C and two means mm. it's probably one of them. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go with seahorse B. Eh, that's me doing the X, <laughs> but I didn't commit to the sound. <laughs> eh. <laughs> it's okay. C, a sea monkey. <laughs> okay. So wait. So now, give me the whole line. Um, let, well, I, the whole line is Lex Luthor is <laughs> Pull like... Pull up the script. <laughs> gonna IMDb. <laughs> Lex Luthor is like, oh, this stone, it's like a seed that only needs water. And Kitty goes, like a sea monkey. And he goes, yes, Kitty, <laughs> like a sea wow, monkey. This, this movie sounds as bad as I think it is. <laughs> the script is awful. Yeah. 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 And How's so Parker? is everything. Uh, she is giving... The same sort of like villain that she gives in Josie and the Pussycats, oh, but okay. on a much smaller scale. She's, and that was after, so maybe that yeah, was, this is 2006. Maybe that was part of the casting. Yeah, probably. She's very much like um, uh, what is uh, the what? Who's Bernadette Peters and Annie? What's the character's name? Uh, Lily St. Regis. It is very Lily St. Regis. But I gave that to you. That was on me. <laughs> I prompted that. Thank you. you. Thank you. Hear you. It? Mouth the words. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, signed it to me. Well, that's haven't seen it. What a that fun is game! Seen it. It's funny talking to about the Superman Returns of it all, because she has this small collection of Hollywood movies. She's got right. um, the Blade movie, mm-hmm. Blade Trinity. She's got um, Josie and the Pussycats. What are the others? She popped up a lot in those mid two thousands studio movies. Yeah, and oh my gosh, what else? I don't know if there are that many others outside of that. Um, it's just interesting because, like, I feel like Parker Posey, if you're casting her in a movie like that, you're trying to set the tone for the whole thing a mm-hmm. little bit, I mm-hmm. feel like, because it's, she's a choice. She's yes. not... She's she is not always gonna, going to deliver a Parker Posey yeah, performance. Yeah, and she's always going to be really, really strong, really, really memorable. Right. So it is potentially, you know, risky to cast her in certain things because she might, you know, steal the show... Not necessarily because she's would be the best actor in the movie, but mm-hmm. she's going to give you the most unique choices every time. Exactly, exactly. That movie was a... I don't know if... It, I mean, technically, it was probably not a flop, but it was really poorly received. And just looking at her IMDb, that seems to be one of the last big studio movies that she did for quite some time. So I'm curious if her performance in that, let alone in this yeah. awful Superman movie, yeah. had something to do with studios being like, okay, that's enough Parker Posey right. for now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and around then is when probably TV kicks up for her. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Which makes perfect sense. Mm. But someone needs to... Oh, we'll talk about this later. Mm. Yeah, but someone needs to put her as a lead in 
a TV show. So true. Like a something. I mean, look at that. Anyways. Hi. Um, I'm looking for a, um, a, a toy. A toy. It's a, it's a bumblebee. It's for, like a... Um, um, for what kind of animal? For a dog. It's, it's a bee. It's a bumblebee. And it's furry. It's about this big. Okay. Right? It's it's a um, it's a bumblebee. Stripes on it. Here it is. Is this it? No, that's a bear in a in a bee costume. Now we're going to talk about probably the thing that she's most well known for, which is her collaboration with Christopher Guest. Mm. Um, she is in basically all of his movies besides yeah. Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. um, A Mighty Wind, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, For Consideration, and Mascots. Uh, the first of those being, of course, Waiting for Guffman. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who haven't seen a Christopher Guest film, they are mockumentary style predominantly interview mockumentary style with the exception of free consideration yes. uh, films that are improvised mm. um, the way that she describes it is you sort of get like a 30 page outline that tells you the scenes that you're going to shoot and gives you a basic story but there are not suggested dialogue at all um, Christopher Guest's films tend to focus on niche communities um, in, in Waiting for Guffman it's a, a community theater troupe Best in Show, it's about the Westminster Dog Show. A Mighty Wind is about a, a revival of, of like a folk singing. Mm. Uh, just, I think they were, yeah. oh, it was like a... Folk musicians. Yeah, yeah yes. And On one your, label. Yes, yeah. yes. For Your Consideration is um, about um, a movie going up for awards. Um, and, you know, they're played in this really, really, you know, all the characters are very serious. Nobody is giving it's not snl right Mm. it's 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 very downplayed and they're all playing really specific very real people right um and of course because of that seriousness in the sort of ridiculous you know circumstances uh that they're in it ends up being absolutely hilarious right i mean it's it's played completely straight and like for these characters it is a life and death situation yeah and i think that is something that she conveys so beautifully, totally. as well as you know, as as most of the people in these movies, Catherine yeah. O'Hara and Eugene Levy, yeah. um, Jennifer Coolidge, yeah, Jennifer Jane Lynch, Lynch, yes, Fred Willard, um, and there's it's a troop. It's exactly. like it's like it's like the Ryan Murphy of you know of that time. Yeah, where we, he really was bringing the same people along, and there's people who pop in and out, but for the most part, those actors we mentioned are in mm. all of those films pretty much. What is your favorite of the Parker Posey performances? Oh, that in, is really winning, really a, really challenging. Yeah. Um, because like I think it's easy to say best in show right. just because that I feel like has the most it's it's definitely the most iconic one I think it's mm. it's it, I think it's the one that people know the most right. um, had the biggest breakthrough I suppose but I would probably go with Waiting for Guffman and what's really interesting about Waiting for Guffman is that she that was her first one right yep. and you know a, a lot of these actors come from you know the Second City Groundlings um, kind of rue are mm. improvisers, right? right? And Parker Posey is not a comedian yes. improviser in any way. And she is thrown into this group of people who that's what they do and is sort of holding up her end of the bargain in a big way. Right. Despite that lack of training. And it, I think it's it's again that like commitment to character that she is so so clearly brings to all of her work that makes her fit right in and then you know it's interesting in her book she mentions a lot of times where she pitches lines Mm -hmm. um to directors when she's working on scenes so it it, i think it's a natural progression for her but still thinking about how funny she is in waiting for government i think she's 25 when they made that Mm. movie um 
and how good she is yeah. and how she, you know, stands out mm-hmm. against Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy and Christopher Guest himself. It right. was such a memorable part of that film. I mean, she plays like the young, um, I don't want to say, is it, she like, she's kind of amateur, right? She, yes, yes, she works at Dairy Queen. Yes, that's <laughs> right. She works at Dairy Queen. Um, and, and that role of birth, the line that everybody always says, it's the day of the show, y'all. It has been a curse that uh, that movie has gifted the theater uh, community. I love it. But, Thank you, Parker. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, that movie is a fucking riot, but I love them all. Um, she's obviously fantastic with the braces and, and best in show. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite? Um, I mean, my favorite movie of all time is A Mighty Wind. I had a poster of that movie. I didn't uh, know this. Yeah, I had a poster of that movie on my wall in college at Fordham University, where we both went. Yes. Go Rams. Yes, go Rams. Um, I just, I love, her role is pretty small in that movie, but the way that she sort of like, you know, blends into the background mm. is so sort of... Um, uh, unmissable. Yeah. Um, and it has my favorite of any Parker Posey moment mm-hmm. in any of these movies. And it is the scene of her just playing the mandolin super fast in front of a classroom of children. <laughs> She's just like playing like just whatever. She goes, yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know, to kids who just don't care. And it is so what she does. Yeah. You know, just like the commitment to the bit. Yeah. It's not even her going for the laugh. Like it's no. not about like a I line. Like never. A it's, bit. That's the thing. That's the thing. She's not going for the laugh in any of these movies. No. You know. And yeah. Because of that, you know, it's it's almost like she's the straight man in a lot of these movies because. Which is insane. Because yeah. Exactly. In any other circumstance, mm-hmm. that would not be the case. Exactly. But exactly. sure, when you're compared to Catherine O'Hara, you know, that's right. yeah. I, I see what you're mm-hmm. saying. Um, I, I would say my favorite moment from one of these movies is in for your consideration. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, the 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 whole film is about this kind of terrible indie that for some reason is getting like buzz online um <laughs> home for Purim. and the joke is that like I, yes home for Purim, mm-hmm. and the the joke over the course of the film is each performance gets oscar buzz at some point um and <laughs> they obviously i think it gets one nomination for like best supporting actor which was like the the bit was that you know that was the one no one thought right um and then there's this sort of post beat where it's like a where are they now and Parker is performing. It's. I mean, I, I live in LA for those of you who don't know, and she's giving the best version of like the NoHo, tiny tiny theater, <laughs> experimental, ridiculous, like six people in the audience, <laughs> and she just does this super absurd performance art piece that you know, and to think that she. I mean, it's literally a Christopher Guest movie. So she improvised this, guys. Like, really watch that and go that she thought of that herself. It's crazy. And I think that Uh, she should sue Damien Chazelle for So Long Boulder City. I'm down for suing Damien Chazelle. (laughs) For many reasons. For for any chance we get. Okay? We don't stand her. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah. I think these Christopher Guest movies are such an important part of her career and her journey. And, you know... I'm, I'm hoping, and I think we're maybe at the beginning of her having a moment in the way that so many of those actors have. Mm. You know, obviously Jennifer Coolidge is president mm-hmm. at this moment. Yes, <laughs> running the country, <laughs> um, so famous. You know, you have Catherine and Eugene winning Emmys and having their moment mm. for um, for Schitt's Creek, and have been doing great ever since. Jane Lynch before all these people, but still mm. kind of in the same category and. 
feel like she's really one of the only ones in that troop yeah. who still is due this kind of big moment. Totally. I mean, I think there's absolutely a world where Parker is nominated for an Oscar, you know, uh, in the same way that, I mean, look at that Clockwatchers cast. I mean, yeah. the four of them, I mean, maybe not, you know, our friend who we forgot the name of, but <laughs> I think there's a... Alana, an... you bet. <laughs> we can stand you. Don't worry. She's not listening. <laughs> I... <laughs> but I think there is an Oscar nomination for, I mean, Tony Collette only has one Oscar nomination. Which, it's yeah, insane. Insane, you know. But there's certainly a win for Tony at some point. Yes. Um, but I would love a world where Lisa Kudrow gets uh, nominated for an Oscar one day. I totally think she has the chance. We're going to do all three of them. Absolutely. The In case you're wondering. Absolutely. Yeah. This is just a Clockwatchers This is podcast. a Clockwatchers rewatch podcast. Yes, exactly. Yes, and we're going to talk about it oh every week. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it also could be in TV. I wouldn't right. be surprised if it wasn't in movies because just of everything we've talked about, I think right now TV is a better home for the kind of work that she tends yes. to do or where she would be able to have a big enough role. Exactly. You know yeah, I mean, I mean, she needs like a Mike White, like HBO Mike series. White, are yes, you listening? Exactly, he's listening. Are you listening? Because <laughs> Parker Posey, Put her on the White next season Lotus. of White Lotus. She'd be amazing. I, I mean, come on, guys. Let's make this, this happen. This is obvious. Someone listening to this has power, okay? <laughs> has power. Get, make it happen. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> And we, we, we don't even need credit. No. We don't need residuals for pitching this idea. Well, we can't. We're on strike. Right. Also that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very true. Um, but feel free to make that happen. Yes. Yeah. Please. Please. Um, speaking of Oscars, yes. that leads us to a, a fun little segment. Um, if a stolen you, segment. A stolen Let's segment from, from our right. friends at This Hot Oscar Buzz. We're not, <laughs> friends. We're not friends. We don't know them, but we love I would love to know you both. Yes, please. They're great. Go listen to their podcast. It's amazing. Please. It's much better than this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could nominate any Parker Posey performance for an Oscar, yes. what would it be? And the catch is, the catch. you have to look at that year yes. and remove one Oscar nominee in that category. Gotta boot him. For Parker. Yeah. This is a, uh, a bit that they did with their most recent miniseries on 100 Greatest Oscar Stubs of All Time. Check it out. It's so good. Um, Who's that again? He's the critic that guards the supplies. He does nothing really. He counts paper clips, checks the mileage on the copy machine. Another tax deduction, same as us. Speak of the devil. Why aren't you at your desk, Art? I need a pencil holder. Oh, really? Well, we're working here. Well, I'm working too. Well, act like it. I am acting like it. Well, let's see you sit in that chair then, okay? The okay. clock is ticking. We're at work. So for me, it's Clockwatchers. Mm. As this is a Clockwatchers rewatch podcast. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> the LLC. Um, yeah, I just think that I'm picking it maybe not even because it's my favorite performance of hers, but it is the one that if that movie had a different life, mm. it, it's just something that maybe could have happened. Totally. Right? Because mm. I think she is, she's the standout performance in that movie just based off of the flashiness of the performance in right. comparison to the others. Like, obviously, I think Lisa Kudrow is the funniest, Tony Collette's the heart, but Parker playing that, you know, people love those, like, riotous, the Oscars love those kind yeah, of performances. Yeah, it's the showiest performance. Yeah, and sure. in, in a different world where it had a big premiere and people really liked it, you could see, like, a original screenplay. Right. And Parker Posey nomination. Totally. I, would, I think that those are the two most likely. So I'm going with it, yes, because I love it, but also because I just think it is actually possible. Um, so the year that that could have been nominated would have been um, 1999, because it premiered in the U.S. in 1998. 
1999, Judi Dench wins an Oscar for Shakespeare in Love for her 10 minutes in Shakespeare in Love. Kathy Bates <laughs> nominated for Primary Colors. Brenda Blethyn in Little Voice. Mm. Rachel Griffiths in Hillary and Jackery. Jackie? <laughs> Hillary and Jackery? <laughs> um, Lynn Redgrave in Gods and Monsters. So let's just get it out right away. I have seen one of these movies. <laughs> so I'm not overly qualified. It's <laughs> a great segment for the first episode. <laughs> to choose which one of these. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest, right? <laughs> I'm not going to be like, yeah, it's like that bit with um, Kristen Wiig and, and Will Ferrell at the Golden Globes, yes. <laughs> where it's like, primary colors, Kathy right. Bates, all the blues all and the purples. I We're mean, so it, primary. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to just be upfront about that. I think you, we can't take away Judy Dench's Oscar, so she can stay. Um, I don't know Brenda Blake. <laughs> I don't know Personally? her. Personally? At all. <laughs> so, She's my roommate. She's actually, oh, shit. Yeah, Brenda! Yeah, Brenda! Um, so I feel bad booting Brenda Bluffin, <laughs> um, which leaves Kathy, Lynn, and Rachel. Um, I actually... Oh, wait. Sorry. I have seen Hillary and Jackie. Oh. Um, it is not a good movie, <laughs> but I love Rachel Griffiths, mm. and I just don't feel right taking away, because that is her only Oscar nomination. Mm. Um... So I'm between Kathy and Lynn, and I think you might kill me, Billy. I think I'm gonna go with Kathy. I, she will be fine. She right? Will be so that's fine. kind of that's where I mean. For primary, what is primary? And I feel colors? bad because she actually does not have mm. as many Oscar nominations as she probably should, and I think mm. she falls into that category of like Jessica Lange, where right. some of her Oscars are like, what the fuck even is right. this? You know? <laughs> right. Um, for um, what was that movie? Richard Jewell. Yeah. Oh, mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking propaganda. But um, yeah, haven't seen her, so I might watch it and change my mind. Yeah. In which case, we will re-release this episode. <laughs> and I'll give a different day on the director's but, cut. Um, which would you go with, Kathy? Too? Um, no, I would go with Brenda Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Brenda. You're sorry, Brenda. Oh, I'm so sorry. You owe her like I, some toilet paper yeah. or something <laughs> as your roommate. I'll take off some uh, some money uh, <laughs> yeah. on the uh, on the AC this yeah. month. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what's yours? You were just randomly putting that book on the shelf. Is that it? You've just given us a great idea. I mean, why are we wasting our time with the Dewey Decimal System when your system is so much easier, much easier? We'll just put the books. Anywhere. Hear that, everybody? Our friend here has given us a great idea. We'll just put the books any damn place we choose. We don't care, right? Isn't that right? Mine is definitely Party Girl. It feels like the quintessential yeah. Parker Posey performance. And I think had she been nominated for that film, oh I think God. she would probably be a four-time Oscar nominee totally. and winner to this day. Um, that year... Uh, the winner was Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking, mm -hmm. which you have seen. I, have. I don't believe I've seen. Yeah. Uh, don't believe. I, I don't believe. <laughs> I have to check my pay stubs. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas, Sharon Stone in Casino, Meryl Streep in The Bridges of Madison County, and Emma Thompson in Sense and Sensibility. Where are you going? A couple films I have not seen on this list, um, but the performer that I think I'd be fine taking off this list is a miss. Shoe, Elizabeth Shoe in Leaving Las Vegas. Interesting. I don't love that movie. I don't love, I don't love it either. But don't love the performance. Hmm. I really like Marilyn Bridges of Madison County, even mm. though she is doing the worst Italian accent yes. you know that yeah. you've ever heard. 
um, which is rare for Merrill. Right. Um, Sharon Stone and Casino Never. is one of my... Yeah, can't touch that. You can't touch that. One of my all-time favorite nominations. Susan Sarandon, if I got rid of that, then she doesn't have an Oscar. Yeah. And I do think... Wait, is she two? Does she have two? Oh my God, intermission. Pause. Mm. She, she might, might have unless two. I'm thinking of Jodie Foster. Or am I thinking of Jane Fonda? One well, else, you're right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Emma Thompson. Yeah, we can't touch that. No, you can't touch that. People love it. And she doesn't have many acting noms either. She does not. I'll it's tell like you what Howard's I wanted. End, yeah, Howard's End. Because she has a screenplay win for yes. Howard's End. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'll be honest with you. I would definitely kick Meryl to the curb on this one. Yeah, She's got enough. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not hate Meryl Streep. I have a feeling, though, if we play this game in this era, mm. I will probably be booting her a lot well, because there was a there's just so here. many. And she sort of... I don't think that's a great movie. Mm. Um, and look, this is the age in the Oscars where... A lot of the Best Actress nominees, the, t- the movie is terrible mm, and it right. has a good performance. I mean, this is like a classic Meryl Streep situation. She's mm. in a lot of bad movies and she has right. a lot of Oscar nominations for bad movies. Um, I mean, Dango Ate My Baby, etc. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so but I, think about Parker in that role. Oh, How amazing would she I, have been? It would have been unhinged. Maybe they that... wouldn't have been able to release it. <laughs> that is a 30 Rock gag. Maybe that's a, a a segment that we should play. You know what uh, what Meryl performance <laughs> would you rather be? Would you rather see else. somebody else do? For me, it's the witch. Yeah, it's absolutely, the witch. absolutely um, amazing. She could do it regionally. She could. Regionally. So yeah, I mean, I think for me, that's that's these one because I I don't think Miss Shu has another nom, so I'm not trying to. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, well, we're winding down here. We're coming up to on one of our last. Segments. Oh my god! Oh my god! We did, we did it! it. Really? Oh my Almost. god! Well, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Anything happen in the next few minutes? This mic is very precariously stacked <laughs> on books, a pile of so books. it could hopefully collapse. there'll be a visual aid at some point. Exactly. You can see. <laughs> um, this last one is. I think we'll probably keep this in. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's pretty simple. Mm. It's it's sort of our hall of fame. Mm-hmm. If we had to pick one performance that if someone came to you and said. What Parker Posey movie? Where should I start? Right. We're gonna we're gonna go with these movies, um, and we're gonna name it after the queen herself. Absolutely. We'll see if that sticks. <laughs> but as of now, the Hall of Fame is called the We Stand Her Parker Posey Hall of Fame. Absolutely. It's, it really falls off. <laughs> yeah, the it just the tongue. falls right out. Absolutely. Um, and. What's really fun about this is actually we had not seen the movie that the other picked. Right. So we, we assigned each other to see these movies, and so it's very fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy, you want to go first? Yes. What the hell are you doing? Being Gail Weathers. What the hell are you doing? I am Gail Weathers. Here's how I see it. I've got no house, no bodyguard, no movie, and I'm being stalked. Because someone wants to kill me? No, because someone wants to kill you. So now, starting now, I go where you go. That way, if someone wants to kill me, I'll be with you. And since they really want to kill you, they won't kill me. They'll kill you. Make sense? None. You know, in the movies, I play you as being much smarter. I assigned you to watch one of my favorite Parker Posey performances. And my favorite film of this uh, series. Is it? I more than two. Yes, yeah, certainly more than two. I actually am not a two. Pen, oh, okay. You know, we'll get there. 
I love four, but this is Scream Three. Yes. Um, and in this film, uh, which is the most, I think, the most meta out of all the Scream movies, no doubt. Um, they are filming a movie based on the Woodsboro murders, Stab. and Parker Posey is playing uh, the Gail. yes, is playing the actress who is playing Gail, yeah. and is sort of regaling her with questions. Regaling? Oh my god! <laughs> uh, with, with questions throughout the movie, and it's just such an unhinged like true comedy performance in this role um and just adds like a layer of like queer chaos to this Mm, movie this really feels like to me the first of the queer screen films Mm, because of her performance yeah you know and just because of the setting of it and parker posey like just embodies like crazy self of self-absorbed actress so well as well yeah exactly yeah. i believe her the character's name is like jennifer jolie or something <laughs> i hope it's that it is something Let's just say it's so that. ridiculous <laughs> and it is so parker posey and yeah her death is amazing it's amazing it, it it's is probably one of the best scream deaths absolutely um, absolutely what does she scream she, she says like i i'm the killer in the film i'm supposed to be the killer right oh my god as she's getting stabbed yeah the film does a really good job because it really makes you think yeah that it's her that it's her which I guess is true of every screen Mm -hmm. film that's one of the strengths um yeah I saw this movie for the first time um like about a week and a half ago and the the very specific moment that I I think I rewinded a few times was when they they're having a conversation someone has just died Mm. and she just sort of falls into her bodyguard's (laughs) arms and he just sort of scoops her up (laughs) And as she just like declines onto him, and it is so fucking funny. And Physical comedian. Yeah, I mean, it's a the... little bit of a bummer, frankly, that mm. in some of the other screams they don't pick the torch up and, and find more people like her, frankly, because yeah. especially in these new ones, which I, I do enjoy them, they're fun, but I, I don't necessarily think the performers that they have in some of these supporting roles are performers. as interesting yeah. as someone like Parker Posey. Like, you don't think Dermot Mulroney? What's his name? Is interesting. Uh, can't place them. <laughs> Who is that? He played that. We're going to cut this part. But <laughs> I can't butcher his name this late in the episode. Right, no. He played the, the cop in this last movie. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No? Anyways. <laughs> um, cut for time. But yeah, she she is so funny in, mm. in, in this movie. And yeah, I, I think... Again, I, I really wish we saw more of that in Scream It's shocking films. that yeah, there aren't more just like genuinely like funny performances yeah. in the Scream movies. You I know? mean, you got... I think Laurie's pretty funny in two. Certainly. Not in the same way, obviously, because I think Parker... That actually probably is one of the few examples of Parker really playing for laughs in a really yeah, truly obvious doing way. Yeah, broad comedy. Yeah, like yeah. she doesn't do that a lot, but I'm sure that that's just kind of what the script asked exactly. for. And, again, and if you compare her to the other performers in the film, she's sort of the only comedian Pretty of much. that group. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Courtney Cox, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what you think. <laughs> well, but those, those not... bangs are certainly yeah, so my gosh. funny. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a really fun watch. And it's interesting because the... This is actually about to bring things down, but I it's a very non-violent Scream movie because mm. I believe Columbine happened... Mm-hmm pretty recently to when that came out so when they were editing it they like cut out almost all the violence so it's a a very tame scream movie if you're one of those people who maybe doesn't go to scream movies because they're scary and they're violent um you i don't you don't see much blood it's a pretty it feels like the scooby-doo movie like it is yeah truly which all the screams kind of do right but just like violent Mm. um i mean the most recent one was gnarly which was fun yeah excellent work fiona 
These kids will never know what hit them. And neither will you. I'm sorry, what was that? Huh? What? You just said something. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I said, these kids will never know what hit them, and then you said, and neither will you. I did? We all heard you. Oh. Well. Uh, what about you, David? Yeah. What's <laughs> yours? Um, I love the movie. Well, I don't love the movie that you picked. But I do love the Parker performance that you picked. <laughs> Mine is, I mentioned it early, um, Josie and the Pussycats, which is, I have to be just upfront and say, I think I've watched this movie <laughs> ten times this year. Mm. Um, just in the, the Parker Posey moment that I've been going through throughout this year, I really went to that first, and, and, and now I can't remember if I said this on or before, <laughs> so I'm going to say it again. Let's and we'll say it, let's it try, out. yeah. Um, I watched, oh no, I did say it, mm. never mind. So we're going to just cut all this out and take a break. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> a fantastic movie. Um, you know... It's hilarious because obviously I think the way that Y2K has come back thick and fast right now, the girls are out here trying to make Josie and the Pussycats slash be Josie and the Pussycats. Mm. It's such a time capsule from that period. I love the film's um, commentary on, you know, brand placement and, and, and all of that and the stupid, like, brainwashing that the well, music yeah, does. I didn't, so I realized that it was going to be that sort of satirical yeah. and broad, you know, because the way Which that... Which is why it bombed. Exactly. Because exactly. it was so different for movies mm. at that time to be, you know, attached to this really iconic IP. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very out of the box and it's very much having a life right now. Um, but Parker Posey is just heaven yeah. in this movie. She is plays the villain yes. which is a role i would like to see her play more often i think mm -hmm. she does well as the villain um she's this total narcissistic psychopath um music label owner who comes up with the idea of brainwashing people with subliminal messaging in their music <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of her scenes take place in like the headquarters yes. um and she's just like in these insane the outcasts are insane insane and like lecturing about it to these rooms of men and my favorite part is when <laughs> there's the scene with like a senator I think or like a CIA person mm. and she says something under her breath yes yes the scene <laughs> yeah she keeps saying things under yeah, her she breath she keeps saying yeah. things under her breath and turning around and the guy's like what was that <laughs> and then she has to quickly justify it and it is just so fucking hilarious and her and Alan Cumming mm. together are I mean that is something we need to see again yeah. um, I actually looked this up recently I haven't seen this movie but she's in one of the only movies that Alan Cumming ever directed oh really it's what like a movie? Jennifer Jason Lee and Alan Cumming like co-wrote and directed a oh, movie together interesting I can't remember the name so the it's not super, <laughs> <laughs> not super useful but look it up <laughs> As will I. Oh um, but they are amazing. Yeah. Duo. And the thing that I love about her performance in it is that that role, it's such a great role. Obviously, we love like a female villain. Yes. Um, it is her casting. Very queer coded. At, very queer coded. It's so like not obvious, the casting of Parker Posey in that yes. movie. Like, you know, at that time, you would have cast like Catherine Keener in that role or like, you know, a British actress or something. You know, it just feels so sort of. Um, opposed to what Parker was doing. Yes. The sort totally. of like grand dom villain. I mean, she was yeah. doing like 
you know, little like bitchy villains like yes. in Clock in Clock yes. Watchers or yeah. you know, yeah. but this is something so different and just so fresh for that time period for Parker. Yeah. So yeah, I was glad I watched it for her. Yeah, Tana. I mean, she's. There's some good comedic performances in that movie. Alan mm. Cumming, Tara Reid is really funny. Yeah. Um, in a very different way, too, which is mm-hmm. fun. The yep. fact that the film is able to have the really screwball stuff and then also, like, the pretty lowbrow, like, you know, she's dumb humor. Exactly. You yeah, know, exactly. And, and the fact exactly. that it is able to manage both is, is, is really something. And I think the film is aged probably better than anyone would have imagined. And that album, guys, check it out. That was the thing. Fun music. Mm-hmm. Great Super music. Super fun music. Great music. Ever living um, in realness. Yeah, truly, she wishes. <laughs> um, these are our first two entries into oh the God. Parker Posey Hall of Fame. Yes. We're going to play some musical cue. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was me singing. Just going to pull that. <laughs> Use it for every episode. That should be the theme song. <laughs> um, yes, she is fantastic in that movie and, and both of these movies and all the movies we talked about all today. Movies. So, Billy, what do we want to see? What have we not seen? Mm. What do we want to see again? Is there people she should work mm. with? Time periods. There's yeah, time periods. <laughs> Custom dramas. <laughs> There's a few things um, that I was thinking about where I want. This is our last segment. By the way, so yeah. y'all are segment. almost free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are a few things. Uh, that I think would be great for Parker. I would love for her to work with John Waters, although he uh, is not really making films not, anymore. Um, that would be fun. Like I said, I would love to see her Architectural Digest tour. <laughs> I don't know what her home looks like, but I just think she'd it's be great. Crazy. I feel like it's Amy Sedaris. Mm, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that video. Yeah. Um, we will certainly do an episode about her at some yes. point. Um, but I think I just want to see Parker Posey on Broadway. She's done one Broadway show. So true. She did the out-of-town tryout of the Realistic Joneses. And got replaced. And by Marissa Tomei. Famously replaced. Um, exactly. Did, wait, did Marissa Tomei replace her, or did Tony Collette replace her? Marissa Tomei. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, and I, I think it is time for her to, like, have a true star vehicle. I think, like, totally. a New York theater crowd would eat her up in, like, Absolutely. a really meaty role. I would love her to do, like... Arthur Miller or something, yeah. you know, like a true like she grand too. dom of the theater. And she just did that like she did the seagull, seagull Woodstock yeah. thing, which I don't. Mm. It, it wasn't the seagull, right? But it was mm. that's probably not worth talking about something neither of us saw. But um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Another thing that I would like to see, I would, I just it is a bit insane to me that she doesn't do more horror because yeah. I just Scream is a great example of how fantastic she would be in that genre. Um, she has said on the record she doesn't watch horror movies. Right. So that probably is why. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know if we should expect that, but she did obviously do Bo's Afraid. And right. What's interesting, she talks a lot about how we're not in an era of auteur directors mm-hmm. and how she misses that about her time, you know, working in the late 90s and early 2000s. But what I, I actually think we're going in the direction of horror being where totally. a lot of those types of directors live. I mean, yeah. Who's the guy that, uh, who directed The Lighthouse? Um, oh, um. <laughs> really good. Uh, Robert Eagers. Yes. Who did The Witch and, sure. um, and uh, The Northman, you know, and obviously Ari Aster is, mm. is in that conversation. Jordan Peele. Yep. Um, a lot of the I'd people. love his year work with Jordan Oh my Peele. God, right? Yeah. That would be, she'd be so great in like a, um, what's her name? Uh, Handmaid's Tale. Elizabeth oh, Moss. Moss yeah. um, she'd be good in that sort of... Mm. She'd been great in that role, yeah. period. Yeah. But um, what else would I like to see her in? Um, like I said earlier, I'd love to see her do 
a true, maybe not a sitcom, mm. but, you know, I feel like she missed her time doing those Showtime totally um, comedies, you know, with uh, the big C you had, um, what's uh, Tony's show? Tony's show. Oh, Tony Collette's show. show. Uh, show. The United States of Terror. Yes, Tara. United States of Terror. Mm-hmm. That, that era of, like, where indie filmmakers mm-hmm. were stepping into TV. Totally. Um, and had these, like, strong female leads, you know, totally. enlightened. Um, oh, my God, yeah. Enli- she totally like needs her enlightened. Some, yeah. Something like that would be... And maybe we're not in that era anymore, right. unfortunately, but I would still love to see... I mean, think about... Diablo Cody, think about, yeah, you know, right, right. Um, Mike White. would love to see her do something like that and really get to just burrow into a character for a while because I don't mm. I don't know that we've really seen that. Totally. Um, I w- yeah, I definitely want to see her, like, really be able to be lived in to yeah, a performance and exactly. to a character because obviously she is just so character-based. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, yeah, get her on White Lotus Season 3. Yeah. That is the, the moral of this episode. If anyone listening to this has a link to... The Return of Jezebel James, mm. her failed sitcom, Amy Sherman Palladino sitcom mm. from the mid-2000s, please drop a link. Yeah, I've been dying to watch it. I've seen people on YouTube who've been like, you can demo me $20 for the whole season, and I'm, oh I'm considering God. it. So, oh um, so yeah, something Turn like that. Turn to our that, Patreon. Right? And... <laughs> <laughs> our Patreon, yeah, we'll get there. Um, that is the kind of stuff that I would like to see her do next. And um, before we end... I mean, I think over the course of this whole time, we've talked here and there about why she's so important to the mm. to the gays and the days and the queer community. Mm. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? I don't think so. I mean, I think she is one of our great and last truly weird actresses. Yeah. You know, there is simply nobody like her, and that is weird in the way that she is. Yeah. You know? She just really is willing to get down and dirty mm-hmm. with these characters, and something that we've said before is like sometimes you're watching it and you're like what is this is, yep. is this is this bad? good yeah, yeah exactly exactly and then once you you let it wash over you and you and you take in the full performance you see what she's doing because and it's that element of like she may not be the one who is going to give you the most like interesting camera angles and is able to mm-hmm. just you know present herself in that way so like someone like i don't know Maddie, Natalie portman right but she just commits yeah and she is really open to being seen in unflattering ways. Yeah. Um, I hate to say the like unlikable right. female character thing because that's so played out. But right, no, but she, but she's interested in it. You yeah, know, I think she, she is, has a, sure. a deep desire to do it. Yeah. And I think when your career has sort of taken the turns that her career has, and you know, since she never sort of got to become the like true Hollywood A lister she was able to more freely take on those unlikable roles. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's such a gift to us. Yeah. And I know that she often says that the indie queen mm. name sort of stalled her career in some ways because she wasn't getting those calls from Hollywood right. early on. But I think in the long run, it's all going to come back around because, I mean, I, a lot of the movies that she was in are having their moment again. Yeah. Um, you know, Party Girl just got re-released in 4K this year mm-hmm. in theaters. Um, I think Josie and the Pussycats is having its moment, so we'll see yeah. if this resurgence leads to, you know, other great roles and more chances for all of us to take in her absolute brilliance. And an architectural digest toy. Yeah, we, we need that as well. I would also like a Vogue... Um, yeah, 73 questions. Yeah, I, Apps, do they still I, do that? 
They, I think, they if they must. don't, they should. Yeah, bring it back to um, her. Because, yeah, I can only imagine. Right. What her oh, my God. Like. <laughs> well, we did, we did it. it. Oh, my God. This is our first episode of We yes. Stan Her. Thank you for sticking with us. Truly. If you did. <laughs> gold star. <laughs> if you did, gold star. If you Thanks, did. mom. Yeah. You own the um, podcast now. We are hoping to do more of this, and we're yeah. figuring out exactly what it's going to look like, but keep your eyes out because they're gonna they're on their way and i uh imagine we should say rate review and yeah. subscribe and we should also say um where, where do they find you on the instagram yes you can find me at the billy reese on instagram and uh x. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about x uh i don't know if uh, i'm still on x <laughs> good job no, my assistant deleted right. my x account yet <laughs> you can find me at just billy reese on right. twitter yeah um, what about you? I don't have a Twitter. Maybe I should. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe the next time you hear me, I will. Um, but my Instagram is David Kahawaii underscore IV. Mm. Um, so please check us out. Check the pod out. Tell your friends about it. And you'll be hearing more from us soon. And the way we like to end these episodes is to let the artist speak in their own words. So here's Parker Post. So you've been in a million movies. Do you have any that are your favorite? If it's a good experience, it's usually the last one that I did. But sometimes, you know, a good experience at a movie, it means the movie's bad. So it's a weird question. It's kind of the same thing of, oh, did you have fun on that? And you're like, that was my kind of fun. I don't know if it would be your kind of fun. It's demanding, right? Mm -hmm. And it's unusual. And it's, uh, I go through a lot when I work. Mm-hmm. It's like your life times four or five, you know, and then it's gone. Thank you for listening to our first ever episode of We Stand Her. If you like what you heard, check us out next Friday for our next episode. Follow, rate, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Music or Spotify. And if you want to check out any of these titles, head on over to the Criterion Collection where they have begun their retrospective on Parker Posey. And most of these titles are available. See you next time.